0: Well, good morning. morning. Isn't it great to see all of these young families up here and to see all these kids? Yeah. Hey, look, guys, all of your pictures are up there. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. All of them, yeah. So hey, um, this is uh, the third Sunday of January, and that is a time that we dedicate to sanctity of human life. And one of the ways that we as a church do that is we dedicate families on this day. And uh, so a couple of things, just so you understand what this is. This is not baptism. It is, a, it is a commitment, and it's the reason we call it family dedication, because it really is a commitment of these moms and dads to raise their kids in a Christian home, in a home that honors the Lord, honors the Word of God. And so I want to just kind of introduce you to all of these families. Then I'll come back and say just a word or two, and then we'll have a prayer over them. And then we'll let them go to the nursery, which I know some of them are really excited about. So um, so anyway, let me uh, let me introduce to you Jubilee Sherrick. This is Jubilee, very close here. And uh, Jubilee was born on November the 28th, 2023, to Adam and Hannah Sherrick. And all of the... other. Uh, sharings that 's awesome, yes, oh, and by the way they 're going to get a gift from us uh, that is a Jesus storybook Bible, and then also a specific letter by the way guys you 're getting a letter that is written to your child talking about this day and looking forward to the day that they receive Christ as their savior and so when they have that day. Bring that letter back out and let's just, uh, let's just honor that moment, okay? Jubilee. And then we have Braxton Haas, born on November the 1st of 2023 to Chad and Jenna Haas. Hey, dude. <laughs> we have David Labrada Zapata, born, to, uh, born on, no, on November the 7th of 2021 to Mauricio and Cassandra Labrada Zapata. Fist bump. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This is Grant Rohr. I got to get out of the way, Grant. This is Grant Rohr, born on February the 2nd, 2023. We're almost birthday buddies. Did you know that? I was born a few years before you. The, to, uh, to Chris and Brooke Rohr, do you, give, do you give fives? Okay, that's good. Thank you, Mom. Appreciate that. And then we have Hank Herbert. Hi, Hank. You give a high five. I know you do. That's what I'm talking about. To uh, uh, born on January the 16th of 2020 to John and Kendall Herbert. So grateful. You're awesome. And then we have Tallulah Dupree. Hi, Tallulah. How are you? You're waving at everybody. You wave at everybody? (laughs) That's good, <laughs> Tallulah, born on April the ninth of twenty twenty three to Miss Tamala. That's awesome, and then uh, right down here we have Ella Hornbuckle, born December eleventh twenty eighteen. Hi, Ella. We have Walker uh, Hornbuckle, born May the 31st of 2021. Hi, Walker. And we have Wyatt Hornbuckle, born March 23rd of 2023. All to Garrett and Danielle Hornbuckle. Hey, church, would you give all of these just a round of applause? So... Moms, dads, honestly, this is a very special time for you because you stand before a body of Christ saying that your commitment today is to raise your children in a home where you have the privilege of being able to raise up uh, their understanding not only of growing, but growing in the Lord. And so what an important decision this is to come and to dedicate your children to the Lord and to say that we as a family are dedicating ourselves to you, to the Lord as well. Church, this is also an important day for you because for so many of you, you will teach these children in Sunday school. You will teach them in Vacation Bible School. You will teach them in, in the nursery or in our children's ministry so many opportunities for you to pour into their lives. And so in many way, in in just as much as this is a day of family dedication, this is also a day of church dedication because you as the body of Christ are the ones that will create a church for these children to be grown into. And so if you are willing to support these moms and dads, to pray for them, to encourage them as they lead their children to grow in the Lord, would you please stand in front of them as a sign of your commitment today? Moms and dads, I want you to see that. I want you to see a church that is willing to support you because the reality is that this parenting gig is not for the faint of heart. It is hard work. There is is no real just, oh, do this and everything works out perfectly. It is hard work to raise children in the world that we live in today. So I want you to know that you're not alone. You have a group of people that are here with you, that are willing to support you in this time. And so I just want to pray over you. I want to encourage you to pray along with me. I want you to pick out some names and faces up here. We have some guides that are out in the, in the, uh, in the um, foyer. Pick up one of those and just use that as a, as a guide to pray for these families. So yes? Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the privilege of being able to lift these families up, lift these children up, lift these parents up. God, we're grateful. We're grateful for the work that you have done in bringing these families to this moment. And God, we pray that you would use these next years to lead these children to, to know you. God, that they would see an example in their moms and dads, that they would see an example in their church family of what it means to follow Jesus. God, we are grateful and we look forward not only to this day, but God, we look forward to the day that each one of these children will take their decision to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And God, will celebrate that day just like we do today. We love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Would you give them another round of applause? Guys, thank you so much. Y'all are welcome to go and take kids to the nursery if you choose to, okay? Bless you, bless you, bless you. Listen, guys, it is a big deal to have your kids as a part of this. And I don't know if you noticed that, but wrangling kids, that's a, thats Listen, they need another round of applause, don't they? They, That is good stuff. Hey, I want to welcome you to church today. I want to thank you so much for being here and being a part of our time together. There are a couple of quick things that I would love for you to know. Uh, First of all, I'd love for you to check into this service. Uh, If you've not done so already, you can do that digitally by texting the word CHECK. Or if this is your first time to be in church, you would, you would text the word NEW to 386-734-1991. Or if you prefer analog, there is a blue card in the seat in front of you, and you can pull that out and fill it out, and we would love for you to do that. Two quick announcements I want to make you aware of. First of all, this Wednesday night, we're going to have a new Bible study uh, taught by Brad and Jess Connolly. It is called Coffee Talk. And basically what it is, is just a very light opportunity to connect with one another and to talk about theological and biblical topics. It will be at 6 o'clock in room 209, and we would love for you to be there. And then a few Sundays from now, we have an event called Pizza with the Pastors. Pizza with the Pastors is our first step on our membership journey. If you are interested in being a part, a full-time part of this church family we would welcome you to come to pizza with the pastors it's an opportunity for you to check out the church know what we're about and then at the end of that decide is this something that i really want to be a part of or not let me say it this way friends some of you have been kicking the tires of the church for like three years it's time to buy the car okay um it's an opportunity for you to be a part of what god is doing here at this church we would welcome you to be a member you're already a part of the church you're already a part of the family but we would welcome you to be a member and you do that by coming to Pete through the pastors february the 11th 12 noon you can text the word pizza to that number 386-734-1991 to sign up hey again i'm so glad you're here today let's pray for our time that we have together Father, thank you for the love that you have for us. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. God, I pray that you will speak to us today. I thank you for these families and these children that have come in this moment of dedication. And God, I pray that you would just honor uh, us with your presence today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this room. And we pray that you would speak to us in a powerful way as we worship together today. God, we love you. We thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good Sunday morning church, let me invite you to stand with us as we lift our voices today and proclaim God's goodness through our praise and through our worship. He is worthy of our worship today. Day is a sign that you are with me. The fire by night is the guiding light to my feet. going the name of Jesus today, and we lift up the name above every name. Church, let's continue to lift our voices as we sing praise the name of Jesus. Let's sing. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's sing it out. praise him for he is worthy of all of our praise in his name we pray amen would you please be seated
0: Well, good morning. Again, it is so good to see you this morning. Hey, I I referenced this earlier, but um, if you did not grab one of these little guides uh, as you walked in, I would encourage you to grab one on your way out. It uh, has all of the names of the children that will be uh, children and families that will be dedicated today. And so it's just an opportunity for you to uh, join with them in prayer, Uh, put it in a place over the next year that you can remember that and it can just be a reminder to you to pray for um, those Families. Well, uh, I am so glad to be back uh, here. I, some of you are like, where did you go? Uh, you were here last Sunday, you were here this Sunday. Well, this week we had an opportunity, at, at, in, in the idea of being parents, we had an, I had an opportunity this week to take my 13-year-old uh, on his uh, turn 13 father-son trip. And so uh, that is something that we have created as a tradition in, uh, in our household. And if it's something that you are still at that level, I just want to encourage you. That's a great, it's a great opportunity to kind of get away and to talk about life and to talk about things and to have some shared experiences. Um, it's something that, we have, uh, something that I had an opportunity to do with Jonah a few years ago. We went to Atlanta. Uh, And got a chance to kind of see some of the sights there. And over the course of this week, uh, my younger son, Michael, wanted to go to Anaheim to go to Disneyland. So we got to see the other parks. Um, and, uh, and I'll tell you, it, it was a great experience. We had a wonderful uh, time just being able to hang out and spend time together. You know, you don't, you don't get that much father-son time. And so it really was a joy to be with him and to be able to to hang out and to have, again, some of those shared experiences. But I will tell you, I am really, really, really grateful glad to be back on the east coast rather than the west coast. Um, it was a joy to be over there, but I'm glad to be back. And, uh, and now that I'm here, I'll just say somebody left the north door open. Uh, somebody broke Florida. I don't know what happened out there, but, um, but it, is, it is really, really chilly. Well, uh, today we're going to continue in our, our study of the Gospel B.C., Um, Let me just share with you that today's message is one of those turns that we take sometimes in a sermon series. Um, I'll I'll share this later, but some of you have really enjoyed the first couple of weeks because you've enjoyed just the illustration and the understanding, but you've said, I've already received the gospel, I've already accepted Jesus, I'm already a Christian, and so you've kind of been like, this is really good for all the other people who needed it. Not so today. Today we're going to dig into our lives a little bit. We're gonna, I'm going to step right up into your kitchen. So, um, Hey, I, I want to share with you though, before we get started, because we said that we would do this every week, and I want to one more time uh, share with you the answer to this question, very important, what is the gospel? Now, before I share with you the answer, I will tell you that it has changed slightly from last week because somebody came up to me after the service last Sunday and said, I'm now understanding that you're going to share that every single week. If you're going to share it every single week, I need it to be more grammatically correct. So, um, I had a run-on sentence, but I have put commas in the place where commas belong. The answer to that question of what is the gospel is, Jesus lived a perfect life, comma, died on the cross for my sin, comma, and rose again. Some of you feel better now, don't you? Yeah, okay. All of you are noticing it too. But only one of you came and told me, thank you, you one person. What is the gospel? It is that Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross for my sin, and rose again. To illustrate that today, to talk about it, to talk about the message of the gospel today, I want us to look at Jonah, Jonah. Not my son, Jonah, the book of Jonah, okay? Um, so uh, let me just uh, real quickly, uh, you can turn with me to the book of Jonah. Uh, it is four chapters. It's right close to the middle of your Bible. If you're using the Bible in the, uh, in the rack in front of you, from the seat in front of you, it's on page 774. By the way, I haven't said this in a while. If you don't have a copy of God's Word at home, you're welcome to take our, that copy home with you. We just believe that every house should have a a copy of god's word so you're welcome that's our gift to you uh page 774 the book of jonah we're going to walk through a lot of the book of jonah today and we're going to share a lot from that let me just say a couple of things first of all jonah is a prophet he is called he's one of the minor prophets in the bible there are 12 of them 12 different prophets that the books are fairly short and it's a powerful message jonah is interesting in that this book is more about the prophet than it is about his message. And I'll get to that a little bit later. But the important thing that I want you to hear today is, y'all, for the love of your pastor, please don't go to my son and say, your dad preached on you today. He hates it when I preach from the book of Jonah. Cannot stand it. And I'm looking at all of you teenagers. Do not... Go up to Jonah in just a little while when y'all go to small group and say your dad preached a message all about you. Have you gotten swallowed by a fish lately? Don't say that, okay? Just relax. It is a book of the Bible, so we're going to talk about Jonah today. Now I will tell you, and just so I can so I can make sure, and I've already given him this as ammunition. The reality is when we read the book of Jonah. We can see all of us in Jonah. I'll, I'll say it this way. While my son is named Jonah, we are all Jonah. Every one of us. And you'll understand that as we walk through. The story. Most of you have heard this story. It is one of the more popular minor prophets. One of the reasons why it's a popular minor prophet is because somewhere along the way, somebody decided to make the book of Jonah a children's story, like a, a bedtime story. I don't understand that. Why in the world would you tell a story to your kid that is going to bed? Now, if you don't obey God, a whale is going to swallow you up because you're going to be thrown into the sea. Why would we... Let's go to the beach. Why would we tell our kids this story? But we do. Anyway, it's become very well known. But there's a great message in the book of Jonah. Read with me right there at the beginning, verse 1, chapter 1. It says, Now the word of the Lord... of Jonah. Uh, God appears to Jonah and says, listen, I've got a job for you to do. I want you to go to a place called Nineveh. It is a place that the people are fully against me. Uh, Most scholars agree that Nineveh was probably a town of about 120,000 people. This was a mega metropolis in biblical times. It was the capital of a nation called Assyria. They were a pagan nation. They were a pagan people. And God says, I have smelled their sin. I have tasted their sin. I know their sin, and I want you to go and to share the message of my message to turn to me so that they will stop sinning. Jonah hears that message, and he says, I'm not going to Nineveh. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go And I'm going to get on a boat, which is an interesting decision for somebody running from God. I'm going to get on a boat, and I'm going to sail the exact opposite direction. I'm going to go that way, even though God told me to go this way. I'm not going to share the message that God told me to share. I'm going to just kind of hold it to myself. I don't want to go to Nineveh and tell them about God. I want everything to be about me and what I want, and I'm going to keep everything to myself. I'm not going to obey God. I'm going to do things the way that I want to do them. You're starting to see yourself a little bit in Jonah. It doesn't go well. Shocker. Jonah gets in a lot of trouble. And on the boat, where he is not by himself but with others, he puts all of them into great danger as well because a storm comes against the boat and the boat is being tossed to and fro and everybody on the boat is going crazy wondering what is going on and and so they're they're thinking God must hate us and so they start to cry out to their gods they're not believers in God but they start to cry out to their gods and Jonah is asleep in the bottom of the boat they go and wake him up they say what are you doing get up you've got to cry out to your God we're crying out to our God maybe one of us will hit the target Jonah says I know what's going on. This isn't about your gods. This is about me. I am the one that's being disobedient. And a storm like this could only come from the God. The only way that things are going to go well is if you pick me up and throw me into the sea. They're like, if we throw you into this sea, you will die immediately. So instead of obeying and listening to him, they just start tossing goods out into the sea. They're thinking, if we can just row harder, if we can just sail more, if we can just go a little further, we'll get out of this. Jonah's sitting over on the side going, the only option you have is to get rid of me. And so it actually comes up in verse uh, verse 15. It says, so they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea. Oh, and the sea ceased from its raging. It was like almost instantly, everything was calm. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and they made vows. So they come before the Lord, and they say, hey, it's obvious that you are the God, and, and that Jonah was telling us the truth. All of this came from you, and as soon as we threw him into the sea, everything went, went well. I wish we would have done that a little while ago. Verse 17 says, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights you see even in Jonah's disobedience God was working God appeared or, or, or spoke to Jonah and said you're the reason he heard it said throw me into the sea even in their even in these pagan sailors obedience when they threw Jonah into the sea and they saw that everything was calm suddenly they began to praise God realizing he's the one we don't need to cry out to our gods we need to give praise and and honor to the God and then we come to this great fish the book of Jonah never talks about it being a whale all we know it was a big fish and it swallowed Jonah appointed by God but this fish swallowed Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights I've never been in the belly of a fish but I'm sure it was a wonderful experience. Can you imagine being down in there with all the other fish that the fish had eaten and the algae and the kelp and the stomach acids and the partially digested food? Is anybody ready for lunch? This was probably a terrible experience. And Jonah comes to his senses. Shocker, wouldn't you? I'm in the belly of this great fish. I don't know if I'm going to live or die. Day one goes by, day two goes by, day three goes by. And Jonah begins to pray. I think I would probably begin to pray as well. But his prayer is a very specific prayer. His prayer is not, Lord, get me out of here. His, his prayer is, Lord, I've made a huge mistake. Lord, I have followed my way and done my thing. Lord, you called me to do one thing, I did the other. Lord, you called me to go one way, I went the other. Lord, you called me to be a person and I was somebody else. Lord, you have put something on me, and I know that the job that I have in front of me, but I have done the exact opposite. He begins to pray to God and begins to recognize and realize that his life is not his own, and he turns and understands his wrong, and he turns toward the Lord and in verse 10 we see a conclusion it says and the Lord spoke to the fish and it not like your children's stories it didn't spit up Jonah on dry dry ground no this fish vomited Jonah out upon the dry land aren't you glad that you're not in the 11 o'clock service and getting ready for lunch then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying arise Go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah, <laughs> shocker, so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. Now I, I think I would too, wouldn't you? So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. It says, now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breath let me just quickly give you a little bit not all but a little bit of the rest of the story Jonah actually goes into Nineveh and he begins to proclaim the word of the Lord turn to the Lord or you're going to be destroyed now remember he has just spent three days in the belly of a fish and walked lots and lots and lots of miles to get to Nineveh because he walked he because he rode lots of miles the other direction so he finally gets to Nineveh he is whitewashed think about it. He is torn up. His clothes are probably barely hanging on him. He looks like an absolute vagrant. He has walked all of this distance and he says, he stands in the middle of the city and says, y'all need to turn to God because if not, he's going to get you. And all of them say, I think we believe him. I would too. Jonah actually holds the award or the title he was the only prophet in all of the Bible that was 100% successful. The whole city of Nineveh turned away from their evil and turned towards God. Now it didn't last long, but they still they were he was successful end of the story what we find out is that the reason Jonah didn't go to Nineveh wasn't because he wanted to just be disobedient the reason he didn't go to Nineveh was because he knew that if he went to Nineveh the people might believe and he didn't want the people to believe in God he wanted the people to be judged by God his disobedience was about his hatred of the Ninevites he wanted God to get them he didn't want God to redeem them and forgive them it's an interesting story It tells us some things about ourselves, though. It tells us some things that we need to understand. If we are to see ourselves in the story of Jonah, it would would start like this. That is that God has a purpose and a direction for your life. You see, in the way that God called Jonah, God calls us. God calls me and you. Now, he may or may not, stay with me, he may or may not say, hey, you, go to this city, preach this message, do this thing. It may not be quite that specific. But in reality, God has a purpose for each of our lives. God has a reason for us to live. Uh, For these parents that just stood before you, one of their purposes in life is to guide their children, to guide their family. For some of you, your purpose is to to guide your family. For some of you, it is to live a a, a life of legacy and to leave a legacy. For some of you, it is to be faithful in this area or that area. For for all of us, it is to live a life of purity and holiness before God, to, to fulfill the calling that he has placed on our lives, to be the people that we are called to be, to live the lives that we are called to live. God has a purpose and a direction for your life. I will say, as a a pastor, one of the questions that I get pretty often, I'll I'll have somebody come in and sit down across the desk from me and say, you know, pastor, I just want to know what God's will is for my life. I want to know what God's will is for my life. I want to go, I want to know what God wants for me in my life. Can I tell you, that question is a very common question. The answer is much simpler than we want to make it. Because a lot of times what people want when they say, I want to know what God's will is for my life, is they want to know a prediction of the future. But God's will for your life is much more about your present than it is about your future. God's will for your life is much more about how you're living every day than it is about where you're going to go. Because if you're living every day the way you need to live, he will take you to where you need to go. But so many times we want to live our lives our way and expect God to just mold our future into what he wants us to be. God calls us to live today the way we're supposed to live, to do the things that we're supposed to live today. To live a life of purity, to live a life of holiness, to to not make a mess of our lives, to not not make a mess of our families. God is calling us to live a life that is, is good today. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And so we need to understand that. In the same way that God had that for Jonah, God has that for us. And so when God communicates that or when we hear that maybe even just right now maybe some of you are saying wow God has a purpose and a plan for my life. God has a direction for my life. I, I have a I, God, God has a will for my life and I realize some of you are sitting there right now and saying I realize that I am not fulfilling God's purpose and direction for my life in the here and now because you realize that there are some parts of your life that are just this is a very preacher term out of whack. There's some things that you're doing that you know you're not supposed to be doing. Deep down inside, there's a conviction. There's a conversation that's going on in your head right now. And you're thinking, I need to stop. Or I need to start. And you're thinking about it right now. Can I tell you? Don't stop thinking about it. Start doing something about it, but don't stop thinking about it. Don't push those thoughts that God is putting in your mind and in your heart right now. Don't push those out Let them sit there for a second. God has a purpose and a direction for your life. Realize that. But just like Jonah, we have a choice. When we say God has a purpose and a direction for your life, we have a choice. You can either fight it or you can follow it. You can fight or you can follow God, I know you have a purpose for my life. I just don't want to do that. Fight. God, I know you have a purpose and a direction for my life. And while it is a struggle, it doesn't always work out perfectly for me. And I make mistakes. I really want to fulfill your purpose for my life. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be who you want me to be. I'm not always perfect, and I'm going to make a few mistakes along the way. But the general general direction of my life, I want to be in the direction that you want me to go. Some of us are like, I know what I'm supposed to be. I just don't care. I want to live my life my way. Frank Sinatra sang the song. It's a really good song. It's a terrible way to live. Listen, if all you ever do is do it my way, you're missing the fact that we're called to do it God's way, right? Not my way, his way. Now, again, you know, homage to the song, great. But you, you understand the thought, right? So many of us want to say, God, I know that you have a purpose for my life. I know you called me to go to Nineveh. I just don't want to End. I want to do things the way I want to do them. And I want to live my life the way I want to live it. And I want to to make choices that I want to make. I don't want you to get out of my life. And we might not say that out loud, but it's the way we live. You can fight or you can follow. Again, Right now, I know because every time we talk about things like this, there are things that are going on in your head. There are things that are going on in your heart. You're thinking, He's talking about that. I can't believe He's talking about that. I'm not talking about that. The Holy Spirit is talking about that. It's not my job, that's your job. Something's happening inside of you, and, and God is bringing up these habits and these decisions and these choices and these lifestyles and all of these things that are going on. And you're sitting there going, I can't believe He's bringing these up. I haven't said a word something inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is saying, he's talking about that. Don't push that out. Embrace the moment. God has a purpose and a direction for your life. We can either fight it or we can follow it. The crux of the matter. When we believe in the one who lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sin, and rose again, the gospel leads us from fight to follow. The message of the gospel leads us away from I'm going to do things my way to it's time for me to do things his way. The message of the gospel shows us that we can live a better life if we'll do things the way he wants us to do them. The message of the gospel leads us, this is a real biblical word, the message of the gospel leads us to repentance. That's that's that idea of leading us from fighting it to following it. We don't want to do the things we used to do. We want to do the things God wants us to do. Again, I told you, this is the point in the message and the point in the series where the turn comes. Because up until now, all of the people who believe in Jesus were like, cool, Talk about the gospel. I love it that you talk about the gospel. Yeah, get them, Pastor. Talk to them. They're all, they need that message. They need to receive Christ. They need the gospel. Talk to them about the message. Share the gospel. Make sure they hear the gospel. Now you have to do something about it. See, if you've received the gospel, This is going to be a bold statement, and it has all kinds of nuance, but I need you to hear it. If you've received the gospel, but you're still fighting against the plan of God for your life, I question whether or not you've received the gospel. Have you really received it if you're still fighting against him? Truly? Truly? Again, big big statement, lots of nuance there, I understand, and we could talk about it. But the simple fact is, when we understand that Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross to pay the price for our sins, and then he rose again, why would we keep doing things the way we used to do them? Why would we keep fighting against God? Wouldn't knowing a Savior of our life lead us away from fighting and towards following i want to follow the lord i don't want to fight against him anymore friends we are all jonah he called us to be a certain way and we said no i want to do it this way he called us to go to a certain place and we said no i want to go somewhere else he called us to live a certain life we said no i want to live my life It's time for us to turn from fighting to following. It's time. We need it in our life. So I have one question for you, and I'll be done today. This is where the rubber really meets the road. Think about it. This is a question for you to answer in your own heart. But where is it? Where is it in your life? Where is it in the decisions that you make every day? Where is it in your habits and your activities? Where are you fighting God, but you need to follow him? That's our time of commitment today. Where is it that you're doing things your way and God is saying, no, I want you to do it my way. Where are you fighting God saying, I want to live my life, get out of my face. Where are you fighting God? But he is calling you to follow him. Yes, it's that one you're thinking about. It's that one. Don't try to dismiss that. Don't try to move it aside. Don't try to say, oh, I don't want to deal with that. Deal with it. There's a reason it's in your mind. There's a reason it's in your heart. The Holy Spirit is working right now in your life. Where are you fighting God, but you need to follow him? Acknowledge that. And let's make a commitment that we're gonna not run from God like Jonah did, but we're gonna run to him. Because you see, the beautiful thing about the gospel is that because Jesus died, we can even bring our stuff to him And he holds us close and he forgives us and he accepts us again and again and again and again. Even though we keep running from him, he keeps allowing us to come back. So let's stop fighting him. Let's make a commitment today to follow him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. And God, I thank you for the people in this room. I thank you for your word. Thank you for the way you've spoken to us today. God, allow us to embrace this moment of conviction. And God, would you just continue to work in our lives? We love you. As you continue to pray, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond in a simple way today. I'm not going to, as always, I will not come to you. I will not call your name. I'm not going to come and ask you questions later. This is a little different than typical, but I just want to pray for you real simply. As we've talked through this today, if there is an area of your life, if God has brought something specifically to mind, as as an area where you need to stop fighting him and start following him. In, In biblical terms, an area where you need to repent, to stop doing what you're doing and do what God wants you to do. If there's a specific area that you've just been convicted of today, I just simply want to pray for you. I can't pray for you specifically because I know that I I won't know the details. And I'm not going to come to you later and say, hey, tell me more about that. It's not about that. This is really between you and God. But friend, if there's an area of your life where you know you need to start going God's way, you've been doing it your way for far too long, and it's time for things to change, would you be so bold as to just slip your hand up in the air? I need some repentance in my life. I need some, there's some areas that I need to do things differently. Awesome, yeah. I don't know the details of that, but God does. And as you raise your hand, I really do believe he sees your willingness to say, yes, I'm committing to you, God. I need to do some things different. I want my life to be different. Awesome. Anybody else? I just wanna pray for you. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you. This is not not between me and you. It's really between you and God. I just wanna pray for you. Anybody else? Amen. Yeah. Anyone else? Lord, just all, all across the room, it's so powerful to see people being willing. I know it takes a lot. It seems so simple, but God, it takes a lot to raise your hand and say, yeah, there's some things that need to change in my life. And so God, I just pray that you would use that simple step of raising their hand as the first step on a long journey of obedience. God, I pray that you would use these next few moments of commitment to recognize, God, that we can run to you. When we struggle, your arms are always wide open. And so, God, you receive us. Even in the midst of our darkness, even in the midst of our struggle, even in the midst of our pain, even in the midst of our disobedience, God, you receive us because Jesus lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins rose again so God would you allow the message of the gospel to just penetrate our lives and our hard hearts and God would you allow those people who raised their hand or maybe some who didn't to just really feel freedom would you give us courage to take steps of obedience and would you work in our lives as we repent of our sins, stop fighting against you and start following your will your purpose for our lives. We love you. In Jesus' name.